0: welcome to the band advice podcast matt and mark talk music We're two dudes in a guitar or whatever right yeah <laughs> i'm mark <laughs> i'm how's, Matt. how's it going man i good man, oh, I'm good, man. Oh, i'll tell you i'll tell you i'll tell you it's been fun sitting here talking with you and hanging out and just shooting the breeze man it's yeah like we've known days, each other a long time 26 man. 26 years it's crazy insane you know, it's, it's, it's almost like being married sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but that But that's, you know, the, it was kind of a lame segue. But that is to my point is that when you're in a band, it's like a marriage sometimes, isn't it?
1: It kind of is, yeah.
0: You know, you have your ups and downs. It's all fun and exciting in the get go, and you're creating something. And then all of a sudden, you get into routines sometimes, and you have disagreements, mm-hmm. and you want to go one direction.
1: Well, and you know what I realized is I realized it's just like they tell you, like a relationship everyone has to have the same expectations or someone's disappointed. True. Yeah. Okay. You know, you got one and you can see it in, I can see it in other bands. You know, you always have the one guy that really wants to do it, really wants to, you know, take it further. And then there's the dentist over here who just wants <laughs> to play when he's able to That was and unique. just wants to play familiar music, you know? And so they're, they never really last inevitably very long because the, the, they're not wanting the same things. True, know? true. And it's the same as a relationship. You know, you know, if you don't want the same thing, it'll never, never work. Yeah, and it's frustrating, you know. But if you can figure out that, that is a huge one that'll save you a lot of time. Another thing is, if you can uh, learn to uh, re- uh, know what something really is rather than what you wish it was, that will save you lots of time.
0: For example,
1: uh, you know, if you want this to be a, a band that makes does originals and goes out and tours the country, and you realize that there's other factors that prohibit you from doing so, then you need to find other people that can help you make that realization. True, help you make that a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you have one person who doesn't like to travel, you probably are going to have a hard time touring the country. If you have one person who you know uh, doesn't really want to do original music, it's going to be very hard to to get them uh, to come to rehearsing and come to recording sessions. And then you know it's just madness to them. Mm-hmm. They they don't understand. They don't understand that. So, got yeah, everybody's got to be on the same page and pulling the same way. You know, and uh, you know I've I've had a lot of members come and go in Hurricane Mason and one lineup or another you know there was different things that were good about all of them but you know the dynamics of a lot of those lineups were, you know sort of hard to manage you know they're just hard to manage personalities and just expectations yeah you know and and that's really it in a nutshell i mean and so now it's like knowing that now i'm kind of like all right you know you you look for you look for people to collaborate with. You look mm-hmm. for people to play with. You look for you know people that maybe you want to work with in some capacity. Well, I mean, there's just a few things. It's like the first thing I ask them is, "Do you have anything of you playing live that I can watch?" There you go. Okay, in this day and age, if you don't have something. <laughs> So have your girlfriend record a video on their phone. Right, right. If you don't, if you can play the drums well, I can tell Mm -hmm. by that. Mm -hmm. If you say, you know, well, I'll send you a cassette. That's not going to work for me. Just not right. You know, because that that means it's going to be very hard to get like
0: mm,
1: on the same page with just everything. If you're not, you know, can I email you the song? Yes or no. If I can't and you're not, okay, there's there's barrier number one. Sure. I got to deal with this guy's wife now to send him a song, mm-hmm. and she's going to call me up and spend three hours on the phone with me trying to figure out how to get it to where he can listen to it repeatedly. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> your better bet is find somebody that else is, is a little bit more able to deal with the technology.
0: Right, you which know? is really important these days. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, just the, it's just the sign of the times. just, you know... That's just the way it's got to be. You got to be able to deal with technology. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they got maybe they've got a YouTube channel and you can go watch them at different performances with different bands. I mean, I hired a drummer this year just off of seeing him play. Okay, if he can do this on these songs, I, I know that I can tell him what I want on these originals and mm-hmm. he can probably do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, five days later, we were out there at my rehearsal space rehearsing and then. Four days after that, we were in Kansas City playing a show, and, you know, and you just kind of like, well, that's the first thing I look at is, mm-hmm. can they can they show me what they're about, what they're doing, what, you know, and is it relatively current? I mean, I don't want to hear something that's, you know, this is me 20 years ago playing. I want to hear something from recently. Is it, you know, how right, do they, right. how do they look? How do they dress? Sure. You can kind of tell what their level is just yeah. by how they look, how they dress, what what it is. And so... You know, developing a rapport with people is just kind of based on those kind of things, you know. And whatever level you're doing it at, I don't take anything away from anybody. It's just like, but getting those that mix of people that wants to go the same direction is the challenge. And,
0: and when it, it doesn't happen, yeah. what happens? You know? Oh, it's terrible. You get, you get that one guy that can't go on the road, or somebody that just wants to get high all the time, or something like that. I mean, how do you deal with that stuff? Do you end up firing them, or are you just try to?
1: Well, it depends. And I know on, that
0: you've dealt with both those scenarios. Yeah, so. I mean,
1: it depends. It just depends. You know, I mean, uh, everybody in the band has different jobs other than just being in the band, you know. Okay. Um, right. You know, my my thing was I was always the one that was out there going after it, always getting, getting the work, getting mm-hmm. the gigs, getting lined up, getting the, you know, publicity, promotion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, but at the same time, I mean, other people in the band, you know, they've got different roles. Maybe their role is to, you know, have the PA equipment, and they carry it in their vehicle, and they show up at the gig, and as soon as they load their stuff in, they start loading in the PA equipment, and they are able to keep the equipment in decent shape.
0: Mm -hmm. You
1: know, they're kind of the shepherd of this equipment. Well, you know everybody's got to have at least another another job another responsibility besides just playing music you know sure uh, uh, even if you're just you know f- friends getting together for fun and you know enjoyment you got somebody's got to have a list together somebody's got to have the lyrics together somebody's got to have a a vision of what we want this to be you know mm-hmm. and then work on it together instead of one guy vision and then telling the other people what it's supposed to be. And then, you know, they don't have any good ideas. They just want to tell you no on everything it is. Well, you need to get other people to play with.
0: So that kind of brings up an interesting point. Uh, Let's say you are the one with the vision. Is it better off just to hire hired hands so that you've got the people that are willing to just take the paycheck and follow your vision? Or are you going to go through the trials and tribulations, try to find the people that share your vision.
1: It really depends. It depends on, you know, the situation, you know, I mean, like, ideally, you know, when you're young, you think, oh, we're going to be three musketeers. And, you know, what you, what you don't realize is once people get to be like about 25, (laughs) then other things start to pull away their attention. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, They sort of go into other directions, you know, and going to college and the natural progression of, you know, getting married and having kids and having a normal, responsible job that takes up a lot of your time, you know, and yeah, hate it. It's, (laughs) uh, you know, it's a common natural progression for a lot of people, and so I think that it depends on the situation, but I mean, when you're hiring somebody. Uh, they're going to come to the, come to this with a little bit different mm-hmm. outlook, you know, when I go to, go to a city and, you know, I try to play places where I know people, at least somebody,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? So, okay. You know, like in Austin, I know my friend Hunt, he plays bass. And so I'm like, Hunt, get us a drummer, you know, get us a good drummer and we'll send him these charts and we'll send him these MP3s what we're going to be doing at the gig. Now, um i'll show on I show up down there uh we'll get together and rehearse with this drummer and go over these songs and then we'll go out and do the show i mean that's a little different different level of person than who's just in you know a regular band regular like a marriage type right. situation where they're just playing with these same people all the time you know band guy for hire whatever instrument mm-hmm. that's a different situation and so um you know making it to where you're easy to work with and. Uh, that kind of thing really plays into it, and I mean, easy to work with, hard to work with. Here's the truth about that: when someone says that someone's hard to work with, ninety-eight percent of the time they weren't prepared for the job. Ah, okay. That's really what that means. Oh, Matt Mason's hard to work with. Well, Matt Mason is hard to work with when you come to the job and you don't have this stuff learned like you said right, you would. Because
0: you have a level of expectation. Yeah, because to
1: be. you know, a month ago I sent you these MP3s and I sent you these charts and you didn't have any questions, now you're not prepared for the show. Right. If that makes me hard to work with, well, who's really hard to work with? Right. I would say the drummer's hard to work mm-hmm. with because he didn't have prepared what he was supposed to mm-hmm. have prepared, you know. And playing with the same people, you know, eventually you kind of come around to the people of Scott Waters seeks its own level, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the famous guys. It's like there's always – any famous guy's always got at least one semi-famous sideman with him.
0: True. And Buck Owens, what was his guy's name? Don Rich. Right, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, Waylon Jennings. He had, you know, uh, Richie Albright. Mm-hmm. He had, you know, Willie Nelson's got Paul English on mm-hmm. drums. I mean, Elton John's got Davy Johnstone on guitar. You know, everybody's kind of got their, you know, Jackson Brown with uh, David Lindley. Everybody's got their star session guy. Mm-hmm. Their star guy that's always been there with them. now whether or not they're cut in on the business part of the band or anything else in the the band, that's kind of mm-hmm. up to the individual person, you know, but, uh, I don't know. There's really a good answer. It's just, you know, that's sort of been my experiences. Having a band is cool and that's what everybody would love, but it's just not always possible. Sure. It's just not always possible. You know, I, I just, you know, I get these calls all the time. It's like, you know, come down and we rehearse from 12 to 6 every Sunday. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, so.
0: So as soon as you get out of church, you send your wife and kids home, and then you go have your little band Yeah, exactly. And it's like,
1: well, I mean. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I've played, you know, (laughs) I've played 75% of the songs on your set list. I've played them over 200 times live and been paid
0: for it. Right.
1: Now, tell me when your next gig is, and I will be there, and I will be able to play this. Mm -hmm. If you feel like we need to rehearse for the gig before that, I'm, interest, I'm interested, but being the fact that I live a ways out of town, I just can't commit to driving down here and rehearsing ad nauseum. These songs I already played live many times mm-hmm. with a band that's really not, like, I mean, doing what I'm really am right. going for, you know? And that's just finding a fit and knowing yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like Ace, my, my, <clears throat> my late friend Ace Eversol, he had some great advice. He's like, you need to find out who you are and turn that up. There you go. The that's problem is, being. is finding out who you are is hard.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: it's hard. I mean, am I because who
0: you are and who you want to be are often different. Exactly,
1: and you need to let it, you need to figure it out what you're good at naturally, right? And polish that. <laughs> okay, you know that's that's the name of the game. And so play to your strengths. Play to
0: your strengths. You cool. know,
1: there's plenty of songs I absolutely love. However, I don't really. Feel like, you know, I've got the natural thing in me to really replicate these songs like an, a, a written copy of it. You know, it's not like you can go and, um, you know, I wouldn't go out there and cover a journey song. Right. <laughs> I mean, my, as my, fun my, as
0: that would be, it's just probably my, not...
1: my, my, my voice is not like Steve Perry at all. Right. I don't really feel like it's worth spending time like reinventing a journey song done in my kind of style. I really mm-hmm. don't really. You know, but it's sort of something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cool. So you got, you got two different ways of handling You can know, go hire guns, or you try to find people to share your vision. But even then, I mean, you're you run into family problems. So how do you... So let's say you get along with everybody just fine, but you got two people that don't get along. Mm. I mean, your bass player and your drummer just are at each other. Now you're suddenly playing babysitters. Is that really... I mean, how do you resolve that?
1: Well, you know, in my situation, it was ace was the ace was the the warm water between fire and ice, <laughs> you know, and he knew how to talk to Sean to get what he was what he what he what he felt like we should be doing next, and knew how to talk to me and sort of like the back and forth mm-hmm. you know and every band needs one of those, you know
0: the voice of reason, huh? yeah,
1: and the you know the kind of the older brother that's been through it all and understands w- what the fails were in the beginning and sees, you know, this is what we need to be doing now and is able to sort of become, become the middle ground between the fire and the ice, mm-hmm. you know? And the rhythm section should always be tight. they oh, got to yeah. be on a nonverbal communication. And that's something after about 500 shows together, I started to realize, I'm like, we're having a conversation here. Much mm-hmm. of our music's improvisational. But we're still, like, we're having a conversation. Yeah. And sometimes it's, like, it's a good conversation. Other times it's, we're having an argument. And I'm not looking at anyone. I'm not scowling. We're just, we're having a conversation. <laughs> now, that doesn't happen when you haven't played many, many, many shows together. Sure. After about 500 shows is when I started to really realize that that was happening. And it's nonverbal communication. It's, you know... Different ways, just subtly, that you just aren't going to get if you've seen a band once or twice or five mm-hmm. times. You're not going to get that, but uh after you've played with the same people hundreds and times, you, you start to understand what what goes on there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that is just really cool because most people never get to that. You know, how many bands do 500 gigs ever? Uh, I don't. I mean, not very damn many you... of them. And so what happens, you know, somebody gets mad and quits, somebody's wife doesn't like it and they quit, you know, whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know, it's just the, the odds are stacked against you. And and every year you get older, they come become more hard. The odds become greater, you know, I mean, people think, you know, I, I think a lot of times when people say, oh, I'm getting too old. I think it's a thing is they're so damn lazy. They just want an excuse to like you know, try to explain their way out of not wanting to do anything anymore, you know? I
0: don't know necessarily that they're lazy. Sometimes. but well, I'm sure sometimes, but there may also be the... They've lost their passion for it, and they don't want to admit failure, mm. saying, you know, I've tried, it didn't work, or I just don't want to do it anymore. So they, they kind of rely on, oh, get too old, I have responsibilities yeah. and stuff. Yeah, one you know, guy... I think that's kind of what, what went down with you and I, too. It's because... We were playing a couple times a week for two or three years straight. And Mm -hmm. I was, it became a job for me. And Mm -hmm. I already had a job. Yeah. It was your job. Yeah. So, and, you know, you perfectly justified, I think we were both perfectly justified in feeling the way that we felt, but we couldn't come to that agreement. We couldn't find that, that, that middle ground there. And I was just done with it. I just did not want to go into those tame bars anymore. Yeah, And I think we were i know i was i was becoming a jerk in in some aspects of it and i think uh you were responding to that in some aspects of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah. There, there's a lot of passive aggressive uh verbal silence that was happening i, I knew that cause, you know because i i remember one uh email sent you saying like, you know we need to step up our game and you know maybe work on our sets and have some lights and stuff like that and <laughs> about a week later ago. We were, so where we are all these lights I was hearing about? It. I'm like, dude, we're supposed to talk about it. Oh. You know, it's, but that's where we were at that time. And, yeah. You know, you 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 broached the subject that I was been thinking about. And it's like, you know, we need to take a break. And I think it saved our friendship, that's for sure. Yeah. And uh, it also made me realize what it is I wanted. And, uh, you know, so I went out and started soloing, doing a solo gig. <laughs> And uh, I landed a a hotel bar thing and I was playing there twice a week. And I started having the same feelings. So it wasn't, it became very obvious to me that my issues were with playing bar gigs and it wasn't necessarily playing with you. And, 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 uh, yeah. Then that great incident happened where (laughs) heckler got the best of me. And, uh, with my hundred watt PA system, I let them know what I thought about them and what they could do. And, uh, (laughs) When you told me that uh, story, I cracked up. Oh, my gosh. That was funny. It was a bunch of accountants or something that were there, trade shows. and they, Yeah, it was just... The room got silent really quick. And then I saw the owner go, that's it. And he walked off to management. I packed up my stuff, got out of there. And I never played there again. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I realized bar games was definitely not my thing. Yeah. So, you know, and that's that's fine. Yeah, And, you know... So I wouldn't say I was too old for it. It's just I lost my passion in playing live music. Now, I did a bar gig a couple of weeks ago. I had a good time. Yeah. well, And, and it was, was a no-pressure situation. A buddy of mine that I, I played with on and off, helped out for some of these charity things. They hired us. And it's like, I could see myself doing this again. Maybe once a month. But I would not want to go back to playing every week. You mm-hmm. know? I I get my, my, my fix of playing live, doing the church thing. And... You know, what's great about that is I can go up there, and only have to know about five or six songs. Nobody's telling me I suck, get off the stage, and nobody's asking me to play Freebird. Yeah, exactly. Although it sounded really cool, that organ. Yeah, (laughs) of course it would, yeah. So it goes back to what I was saying
1: earlier, it's the expectations. Right, right. You know, if you're going out there to a club and you're expecting to, you know, go forward one way, or, you know, the problem is most people don't have any. You know, right. a lot of musicians are just like I just want to drink beer, see some, ninja, and play some music, and make a little money. And I'm like, well, <laughs> hell, we we can stop now because sure. you, you obviously you surely have gotten you know right. more than your bank for your buck on that. You know, we don't even need to do any records mm-hmm. or go any tours or do anything else if that's all your ambition is. You know, when I started playing with other people in different places, I mean, it was like you start to realize, like, man, you know. You got to have, a, you know, some drive. You got to have some goals. My mom right. always says that, Matt. Get Business some, plan. You got to have some goals. Mm-hmm. You got to have some goals. If it's not serving your goals, you're not doing it. Don't mm-hmm. do it. You know, when I was a big time drinker, it was important to me to play bars because I could drink right many right. times for free. Yeah. Now I, that's just not that important to me. Mm-hmm. And when you know they try to entice you to play for free drinks, I'm like. Man, that ain't going to put gas in my tank or strings on my guitar or, you know, m- money towards my mortgage.
0: You and know? don't take offense to this. You're not that good when you drink. <laughs> I. At least at least when we get to the levels that we did back in the day. Man, there's it times was... it's like, how many years did I have? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Man, it's and, how did we survive those I, don't know, I don't know, man. And it's you think, crazy. you know,
1: it's like you think you sound a lot better than you do. And I'm right. here to tell you after many nights of listening to myself when I had too much. It's like, man, I don't even want to listen to this again. I'm I'm ashamed <laughs> to think that I even went up there and asked them to pay me money after
0: that. That's part of my shtick. I used to always say to the crowd, say, hey, the more you drink, the better I sound. When, in right. fact, it was the more I drink, the better I thought I thought Right, I exactly. And I was mistaken. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and so, you know, when you realize that, that's a big step that yeah. a lot of people never get over. I, thankfully, I think I've gotten over it. But still, it's a struggle. You know, sure. once an addict is always an addict. And it's like... You know, the balance part of it is tough. And, mm-hmm. you know, the stress and the whatever. There's all those other factors that go into, you know, playing. And then you got to compound that with, you know, the people are right there in front of you. They're, you know, on top of you. Many times there's just not a lot of room to be set up. There's not a, you know, t- certain times, you know, you're just, uh, it's hard. It's really, yeah. it's really yeah. hard, especially when you do it all the time, you know.
0: Then you start having internal strife. It's, Yeah, takes the sucks the joy out of it sometimes. Yeah, I mean, there's
1: been plenty of times where I was just, you know, you you get mad, and there's just, it's just not good. Yeah, you know, and everybody wants to see the, you know, the four pals like the monkeys getting along great. You know,
0: the whole fantasy about you know. And the, the image that you put across, you yeah, the, the Three Musketeers, like you say, we're a band, we're yeah. all together all for one and yeah. we're this creative force and it, it doesn't work that way. Even some of the biggest bands out there are usually just one guy that's name is on the contract and yeah. the rest of them are hired guns and mm-hmm. and then what happens, sometimes they don't show up for their concert like it happened with, when Sambora didn't show up uh, to finish off the Bon Jovi tour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, And John said, it's like, Thing. Being in rock bands is not a life sentence. He just didn't come to work one day.
1: Yeah, And, and you know, that then that leaves other opportunities, you know, and Phil X got up there. Yeah, absolutely. He was riding some pretty good popularity off those videos, and that was genius on their sure. part. And it was great for Phil X because, you know, it was mm-hmm. a good payday in front of a lot of people. I mean, um, and so, I don't know. I think Bon Jovi probably has the deal, and everybody else, like yeah, you said, is, the, you know, the, the well-paid, well compensated side man mm-hmm.
0: you know, of course Richie gets his, his royalties for being co-writer on all those tunes so you know that's maybe yeah maybe was, I believe he does
1: I, I mean I, there's just so many stories of these people that yeah, they true. didn't you know and, and I you know, you hear the I stories
0: about what Colonel the Colonel used to do to all the guys that write songs for Elvis and, oh yeah you know, he'd take his 50% cut because it's like well you have the privilege of writing a song for Elvis it's like yeah, man that dude is a, he was a piece of work What we'll to do a exploration of Colonel on that? Well, I things. mean, there's all
1: the, you know, there's, those managers, that somehow they kick around that word, minch. They kick, uh, they kick around that word, you know, like, and you talk about Shep Gordon, and that managed Alice Cooper and Frank uh-huh. Zappa, and you talk about Bill Graham, and you talk about you know, those just super business guys, you know, and they're Peter Grant, you know, I mean, Led Zeppelin, I mean, he was able to do things for Led Zeppelin that, you know, wasn't really done up to that point, right. you know, when you, when you negotiate with the record label and say, okay, we're going to come out with this packaging on this new album, and it's going to be quite a bit more elaborate than anything you, you're used to, but you're going to pay for it all. He <laughs> told Atlantic they were paying for all of the packaging, and they were going to stay, you know, I mean, you, you got to be sort of aggressive to yeah. get the best for your band
0: steve jobs was real similar that way too he when, when the iphone was getting ready to come out he went around to three of the the big cell phone providers and says this is what you're going to do and this is how much you're going to sell it for and you're going to do this that and the other and two of them said no and guess who got the gig mm. at&t and They they made some coin off that deal so yeah yes yeah, but it takes some uh take some gall to to walk into a a major company or even record labels or anything like that and say, this is what you're going to do. But if you pull it off, it's pretty, pretty genius. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, people respond to numbers. Yeah. Whether they're, you know, in Led Zeppelin's case, I mean, they, they came to the United States and they played for the first time in 1968. And it was kind of, a you know onward from there and you know that was when the dawning of the rock business was starting (laughs) and you know people like Peter Grant were able to you know secure things that other bands just weren't getting Mm -hmm. and I mean that comes out in the you know just the drive of the whole thing I think you know I mean why is it Led Zeppelin now is still a household name? Yet, you know, some of those bands in that same era that were just as good, that maybe just didn't have the two or three ticket seller songs. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they just didn't have the budget, didn't have the money, didn't have the the, the mystique yeah, behind them. Yeah, to, to get on those good bills, and you know, I, I don't know what the magic formula is, but obviously those guys had it, and you know, just the studying of how they made it to where they 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 could do what they did was pretty fascinating. You know, and I,
0: I, don't know, I kind of think it's, it's like trying to figure it out. It's kind of like counting cards in a casino. Yeah, you might see certain patterns. Mm-hmm. You might be able to have, strike a little gold here and there, but it really comes down to luck of the draw. Yeah. You know, so.
1: Yeah, I just felt like I wasn't going to be very lucky if I was, you know, just going to be content with trying the safe route. And so I, I'm like, you got you to gotta play to win. And mm-hmm. so.
0: Whatever. whatever's that's worth you know i mean <laughs> well as you've you said, you know winning is is playing the music you want to play and getting it out to the people that you want to hear it so you yeah. know
1: and success is different for everyone Right? i mean success for you know people i've played with is make a little money see if you Ninja. drink a little beer I mean, we didn't have to do anything beyond what we'd already done years years ago to, mm-hmm. to make that happen. And I don't know if that was halfway said in jest or serious, but I've thought about that ever since then. And it's like, well, my goals are quite different than that, you know? Yeah. And so when you are in a situation where people's goals don't line up, then you got to understand that this is not really worth right. putting any more time, effort, and energy mm-hmm. into. If one guy wants to play dance covers, Make lots of money and stay home uh, and play around Tulsa. That's probably not somebody that's going to be too interested in learning how to play my original catalog and mm-hmm. going out there and playing all over the country. You know, it's probably not going to be somebody who's going to want to spend a- endless time in the studio coming up with a perfect part to play and getting it right. You know, it's just just like anything else. Yeah. You know, you got to find people that have the same. Same interest, same level, uh, want to do it.
0: Yeah, know? and just like a marriage, you know, you it's both sides have got to want it the same. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you can put all your heart and soul into it, but if the other person isn't there, you're not going to change it. So. Yeah, I mean, so. if,
1: if if you want, you got to understand and and make it known to them. Without and the t- tough part, I have is like you know, I'm kind of a. I'm kind of a real guy, you know? And so I don't say a lot of stuff like that too much, but when I do, it's like, look, either shit or get off pot. you know. (laughs) And I'm tired of your bullshitting around and we're going to either do this or not. Right. And so that it's awkward, you know, and I don't like to have to get in people's face, but sometimes you have to, but now, you know, it's different. I'm flying solo. I'm doing my own thing. It's like, Hey, would you want to come and play this? And you know, it's flat old saying intimacy breeds contempt. And I think, a lot of truth to that. Yeah, you know, now when I go somewhere to Texas or somewhere to wherever I'm going, you know, I'm I'm happy to see the people and they're happy to see me. And you know, we go great guns out for three or four days and then I'm gone. You yeah, know? good times. So, six months later, it's 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 a whole new story. And so you're like, there's a lot to be said for both approaches. You know, true, true
0: all right man well that was a good talk sure as, enough as all of them are <laughs> so we got a lot done here today we did we did we should do this again man that's a fun exactly. time so uh i appreciate you coming in to uh, carving out your afternoon and uh so and if, well, for all you viewers out there thanks for checking us out listening to our awesome matt and mark music podcast <laughs> here on bandadvice.com.tv dot whatever check us out on youtube check out the show notes for uh, information on matt's band and my solo stuff and uh, you know there's probably a link down there for pay- uh, patreon as well so <laughs> until next time remember there's good advice and then there's band advice <laughs> peace <laughs>